0: Hello, and welcome to episode 36 of The Unique CPA. I'm your host, Randy Crabtree. The goal of our show is to keep you at the forefront of the changing face of public accounting by having conversations with fascinating leaders and bringing you their stories, insights, and advice. The Unique CPA podcast is brought to you by Trimerit, the specialty tax professionals. Today our guests are, and you heard that right, two guests today, Tom Parker, and Lane Bodily. Tom and Lane, along with Tyler Fates, are partners in the firm Fates, Bodily and Parker. FBP for short, in case you guys didn't figure that out. Uh, FBP is a CPA firm in Itasca, Illinois. The firm was created when the three partners bought out an existing firm, MFI, and rebranded to FBP. This last January, they added another firm to the practice. Today, we're going to do something a little different. We're actually going to start a series talking to Tom and Lane and Tyler, if we get an opportunity. And we're going to discuss the growth of, the birth of, and the managing of FBP over time. My, my goal is to do this as an annual podcast, probably beginning of tax season each year. And we'll just follow along with what they're doing in, in their business. I think I think it'll be a lot of fun. So Tom, Lane, welcome to the Unique CPA. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thanks so much for having us. It's fun to be here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I well, we'll see if it's fun when we're done here. Hopefully you guys have a good time. I, I try to. The, I, this is a new thing I'd like to do. I think I really like this idea of a, of a series and I'm glad you guys uh, agreed to do this. And so as an industry in general, partners ages have been advancing in general. I think it's well over well over 50% of partners in CPA firms are over the age of 50. And actually, from small to medium-sized firm, that's even a larger number. And because of that, we have a lot of transition going on within firms currently. That transition often comes in the form of a merge up. You know, a smaller firm is merging up into a medium or larger-sized firm. So you guys did something a little different. You were able to identify this firm that you were able to actually take over ownership of rather than them merging in as an extra tra- exit strategy. So their exit strategy was the three of you coming in and becoming partners and taking over this firm. I'm just wondering, you know, how you accomplished this and give me the background story of the birth of FBP.
1: So it's kind of a funny story. So I, I bought a house in Itasca. I took my son for a walk and we went up to go to Keaton's Bakery here downtown Itasca, grab a donut walking down the street, I look over and I see two CPA firms. So I did a quick Google and I was like, oh, that's interesting that these guys are around here. It'd be nice to not have a long commute anymore. Whatever. I just took note of it and said, mentioned something to Lane not that long after that. And then nothing really came of it for a while. Maybe three, four months later, I was talking to my father-in-law a little bit about it. He's like, oh, I know Bill. So he's like, do you want an introduction just to chat with him? And I said, Sure. And then uh, about six months later, we were working here.
0: <laughs> really? And Bill Bill was one of the MFIs. What the three was he? He's the F.
1: He was the F. He's the Fates. The uh, Fates. The original Fates.
0: <laughs> okay. And so at that point, were they looking at an extra strategy already? Or, or that just happened to coincide you know, perfectly with uh, you guys going in there?
1: I, th- I think they had started thinking about it, but uh, hadn't necessarily found the
2: right fit. We were looking at where we worked at the time, a partnership offer possibly coming up and uh, we were looking for advice actually. And so because of the relationship with Tom's father-in-law, we went out and grabbed drinks with these guys. So even walking into that, we didn't really know what they were looking for necessarily. And it kind of came out in that meeting that they were looking for someone to take over the firm and kind of do a transition. So that's how it sort of kicked off with those guys, at least the initial conversations.
0: All right, and then so Lane, did you live out in that same area too? Was this a, a form of convenience for you too?
2: I, I lived in Arlington Heights at the time, so it was about the same. I worked in Park Ridge, so going to Itasca is about 20 minutes either way.
0: And just so everybody knows, these are all northwest suburbs of Chicago that we're discussing here. This is the area that I grew up in, so common cities that I'm hearing here today. All right, so so this just kind of came out of the blue. You really weren't looking for it. You were looking for a place to avoid a commute to or a longer commute to, but it worked out nicely. So, so going into this then, since you kind of just fell into it a little bit, did you come up with a business plan to start this whole transition or how how, you know what were your your goals going in Uh, was this written out or it's just like all right we're taking over let's see what happens
2: we did have a business plan it's kind of interesting the business plan started off actually more as a practice for our internal what we're offering clients because we do that for clients as well and we're trying to put more structure behind it so tom and i decided hey let's design or let's just you know make up an accounting firm how we'd make it look um, not that it's anything you know earth shattering that no one's ever seen before, but just how, how would we do it? Where would our values be, things like that? And as we were kind of building that business plan, we started asking ourselves, you know, I think we could actually really do this. And this is all kind of the same. Th- that actually started probably a little bit before we even met these guys. So the, the timing of it all just kind of lined up. And so you know, so yeah, we had a business plan. We talked about what, what we'd want to focus on, how staff would play a role, what the partners ought to be doing in a, in a successful firm. Um, what kind of clients we wanted to focus on. We kept it really high level and loose, knowing that we were gonna with Tyler, for example, we didn't really know him that well. So we didn't want to come in with like, here's how we're gonna do it. It should be all three of us making a plan together. But we did have a general idea. And I think that was the a good way to do it because you know things change over time and you kind of have to, you know, roll with it. Yeah. So there was some planning, but we figured it out as we went as well.
0: Okay. And and so roll with it. Let's see where it takes us. But you also mentioned uh, uh, something about the, you know, they've been in business for a long time and they probably were fairly, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, partners and CPA firms in general, a higher age level, they've probably been doing things the same way that they've been doing it for a long time, probably had a different structure than you guys were identifying when you were putting this generic business plan together of how a firm should look. So were you able to start? implementing these new ideas uh, as soon as you guys took over ownership of the firm?
2: Yeah, I mean, we got really lucky with these guys, honestly. From the time that Tom and I start, took over with Tyler, they've pretty much said, listen, you guys do it how you want. We're here for advice. And of course, we've used their advice. They had a really, they had a really nice firm for a long time, but they didn't really give us any pushback. And, and really a lot of the values that Tom and I believed in were already part of this firm anyway. So it wasn't like it was, it was a big stark contrast or anything like that. But I wouldn't say there was. I wouldn't say it was a big problem with a lot of friction. It's been. It was pretty easy actually, and they, and that, that's credit to those guys for making it easy for us.
0: Well, that that that's great. But I know one thing that was a different approach, and I know Tom, you had talked to me about this before. You had mentioned that you know the the way that they were the three partners is they pretty much had their book of business, which is not uncommon for a partner to work on their specific clients. But you guys, Tyler and Lane and yourself, Tom, wanted to do this whole one firm approach. And is that something you've been able to start implementing? And and I guess, can you define how that looks for you guys?
1: Yeah, we we have started implementing that. Basically, what we've done is, okay, that's not my book of business. This is my client don't touch it. It's more, what can you add value to? So I don't have any attestation background, but Tyler does. So I have some clients that need reviews or audits. I can bring Tyler in for that and you can kind of help out. Elaine's got a really good handle on doing some consulting type with the CFO services where we're coming in and helping people with month closes. And it's a little bit more hands-on and a little bit of handholding. And he's really good at that. So I know I can go out and pitch that to my book of business and say, hey, we can add this service to you. So I'm not afraid to introduce my clients to uh, either either of them or any of the staff. So we're really trying to build that together. And it goes as far as like how, our, how we're compensated. It's based off of the profitability of the firm. It's not based off of, oh, Tom's book is this size. This is what he should get. It's there's, some, there's going to be some factors that we're going to try to build into it, but we haven't really built that out yet. It's kind of just split a third, a third, a third right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm assuming that's going to change over time. Uh, obviously, there are different things that different people bring to the firm and, and probably the values need to be identified a little bit separately. I'm, I'm no expert, but I'm assuming that's the game plan going forward.
1: Yeah, I think I think this year, that's one of the targets is probably to try to figure out how we can more define and have some measurables for uh, how compensation should look at some point, especially looking down the road, probably a ways once we add other partners, it's going to be harder to just say, hey, everyone gets an equal share.
0: <laughs> right. It's something you need to identify, I think, early on in the process. And I think you guys are are doing a good job to get on that early. So the way the firm was set up before with the three partners- having their individual books of business, there probably was, I'm assuming, and, and and I could be wrong here, that three almost individually managing individual managing partners. Did they have a managing partner identified at that time or they all just ran their book of business? They did. It was Bill. Oh, so they did have a managing partner. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so Mike, the reason I'm asking that is have you guys uh, uh, coming in now uh, decided how you're going to handle that? Is, are you you all working as a group now or is there a plan going forward to have that one? You know, obviously, it'll be a team effort, I would assume, but that one person identified as managing partner?
1: Right now, we have it split where we're each handling parts of what a managing partner would probably do. So we don't have a specific, hey, this is the lead partner like right now i'm kind of handling the business development piece and marketing tyler's handling the internal controls and like the day to day management of the firm i guess and then lane's really building out like our client service offerings and making sure that we're bringing the quality that we're uh, we're telling people that we can offer
0: and then i'm assuming there's a a monthly meeting there or, or that you go over this and where where are we at or am i am i making a too big of an assumption there
2: no, we, uh, we, we actually meet every week. We meet every okay. Thursday for, you know, it's on the calendar for I think one or two hours, but sometimes it goes a little over, you know, it's those meetings are for kind of like what's happening right now, but there's also time carved out for the overall, like what are our long-term goals look like and how are we doing with that? Nice.
1: And part of that is we, we tell our clients that they got to take time to to work on their business and not necessarily in their business. So we we feel like we're trying to Practice a little bit of what we preach, maybe not all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, but that's a great way to jumpstart. I mean, a lot of these podcasts I've done, I've talked with the managing partners of larger firms, and and often they identify their biggest client as a managing partner to be the firm, and and some of the times that's their only client. Their client, their responsibility is the firm. And now, you know, at a you know hundred million dollar firm, it's easier to have that responsibility than at a X million that you guys are at. But interesting to see where that goes. That's why I want to do this as a Siri. I'm interested to see where you guys go here in the future. All right. So so that's the management side of from just transitioning from one group to the next from from how you're handling the clients in general. How about technology? Did you guys have anything? I know one thing we discussed is a project management software, but were there any other technology things you had to work on?
2: So I'll take that one. I think, you know, we, we kept the same tax software and the same time entry software. It's pretty standard, ultra tax, Thom- Thompson Nordis products. What we did add, so one of the differences is if we're going to try to leverage, you know, hire more staff and have employees and kind of build that way, in addition to us doing our own work, you need more visibility into what's going on. So if you're doing it all yourself, you, I don't really need to know what Tom's working on. I see his billing as soon he's working. Um, but if I've got staff, I need to make sure that I know where the where the stages are, what if the client calls me out of the blue i need to be able to look up quickly what's waiting on or something so we um put in docket which is like a paperless workflow management tool spent a lot of time actually i mean it's a pretty good software out of the box but you do want to customize it a little bit so we spent a lot of time defining the stages that we're used to we tried and i think did a reasonable job because they, they already had paper like routing sheets and things so we wanted to sort of merge that into our docket into our different checklist to kind of make it more seamless but that's probably the biggest technology change. Just put, putting in that paperless document flow, so we can we can at any time know where a client project is at and what's going on with it.
0: Well, then another thing with technology. Unfortunately, we've been forced to be uh, uh, a lot more remote uh, than last year. Were you guys set up with that, or was that a, a struggle or to uh, make at least that partial, if not full,
2: transition? I think the struggle.
1: Yeah. It was, it was a little bit of a struggle. I mean, I think it was easier just cause we were so small. Like, Hey, we didn't need to go buy a hundred new laptops and seconds monitors. It was, we need, how do we get our hands on four?
2: Right. <laughs> yeah. To me, the struggle for working remote, it wasn't as much the right. Like we had to get the laptops and some setup. We we paid for them some employee things to get them going. The hard part for me is cause we just started this firm up not that long ago. And we've been adding employees ever since it's hard to get a, it's like camaraderie built up to where you want it to be when everyone's working from home. When you're in the office, there's going to be some, you know, just some casual conversations. There's are going to have lunches in the lunchroom, things like that. When you're working remotely, there's not a lot of opportunity for that. And so that's the struggle of working from home wasn't so much the technology or like the getting it done as much as it is like a cultural thing where it's hard to get a brand new firm with all new people to kind of come together and feel like they're part of a team. Right. So speaking, speaking of goals going forward, I think when COVID finally you know, if, and when it finally goes away, we want to get back out there and do more. Like, you know, we used to, we used to volunteer. We used to like have drink nights, you know, things like that. Getting back to that would be a lot of fun.
0: Yep. And have you done any of that? Cause I know a lot of firms have been going to just a, you know, virtual happy hour with a firm or virtual trivia games or anything like that. Is that something? And obviously I know you guys are concentrated on running a new firm, but is that something that you've looked into or thought about or done?
2: I- I've heard they're super awkward. I don't know if that's true. But I like, you know, so if you're on a call and there's 10 people or 15 people on a a Zoom call, only one person can talk at a time. So like at a party when, you know, Tom and I are having a chat and you're over there with someone else and a Zoom call, we're all just like sitting here waiting for one guy and you're talking over each other. So, I mean, not to say that it hasn't been done successfully, but maybe we're just not like doing it the right way. So we haven't tried it yet, but um, I don't think we're going to. (laughs) I don't uh, (laughs) either. (laughs) But uh, so, no,
0: I'll give you some advice. So we have done. Oh, 50, probably more virtual craft beer tastings where we just send the beer out, send tasting glasses out, get on, do a 45 minute education on on the beer, and then talk for 45 minutes after. And for us, it's you know getting to know, you know, stay in touch with our clients and our CPAs that we work with. And it's been a lot of fun. I can see that when it gets, you know, too many people, it can get uh, a little bit hard to communicate, but overall it's been good. So I I wouldn't, uh, if I was you and now it's not the time to do it. Uh, and I don't need to give you guys advice. You're, you're, you're doing a good job running this firm, but I'm sure you do. You can give us plenty of advice (laughs) and we're we're all ears. Actually having
2: a specific topic for one of these party things is is maybe Maybe that's the missing link.
0: So we can talk offline after, but there's some ability to do some stuff I think has been a lot of fun. So so just something to keep in mind. You're always looking to learn, so hopefully I can help educate on a few things. It's been good for us. So let's go into a few other items. Uh, I don't want to spend hours, although I do want to spend hours on this, but we're going to a couple key topics that I'm wondering if anything changed since you guys took over. Big topic in the industry and public accounting in general is just billing. You know, are we hourly billing? Are we value billing? Are we doing a uh, three-tier billing model? Have you guys adjusted anything or do you have philosophy on how you want this to go forward? Tom, you want to give us some info on that?
1: Sure. I mean, I don't even know what a a three-tier billing system is. So (laughs) we're not using that one. (laughs) At least we don't think we are.
0: Well, we'll (laughs) do some more education offline afterwards. So. (laughs) Uh,
1: we're kind of a hybrid, I guess. It's it's a it's a combination of of that value billing and the, and the hourly billing. It really depends on the engagement and the client. I'm really trying to push some of my my bigger accounts to move towards where it's basically just a retainer and they pay me a flat fee. And then somewhere time like six months into it, and then like a year into it, we're looking at it and saying, okay, we need to adjust up or down if it's way out of whack. Or hey, were we pretty close to this is how many hours we thought we were really going to spend? And my clients have been very receptive to that. They're like. Uh, I like that. Like, I have a retain- I have an attorney on retainer. Why not I have my accountant on retainer? So, hoping that that comes down because I hate spending hours of time every month doing my billing. Like, it's nice to get it done, but it's also a huge time drain. So, trying to streamline that is really a goal.
0: Yeah, I think that's and that's kind of what the three tier is, is. That you just give your clients three different levels of service, and there's a fixed price for each of those. And then what's identified in those three. Buckets of services, and then you know they'll select one of them, and they can always, you know, upgrade or downgrade. And that's the short version. I'm no expert on it, but that's the short version of like my, my marketing
1: people will be mad at me then because we do, we actually have that. Okay, <laughs>
2: It's it like, Come on, we worked on this. All right, so you do, though. So this is nice. All right, they use smaller words for us because we can't handle the big stuff. It's probably called something simple,
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, level praise maybe yeah uh, maybe all right and then how about uh, i guess the docket is uh, helped with the workflow anything else special i mean it is one person work on project from start to finish or is that change hands or how's the workflow go
2: we try to keep it pretty consistent like if a if a client knows a partner and a staff which is the ideal for us at least we want to kind of let that continuity be there where they can build a relationship. Internally, I guess it is possible, especially with tax returns, especially with like annual tax returns where there's not a lot going on that could sort of move around. I think we have a manager who can help balance workloads and part of our weekly meeting is also looking at workloads. So if someone gets pulled into something, yeah, I mean, whatever was assigned to them is not just going to get put in the back burner for two weeks. We can rebalance it. But especially for our clients that have, you know, weekly or monthly services or somewhere in between, um, we keep it, we keep it pretty consistent with, with those clients.
0: Okay. All right. Nice. And then anything special with, I know, you know, one of the biggest things out there again, in public accounting is dealing with uh, employee retention employee, you know, finding the right employees. Have you guys uh, uh, had any issues with that or feeling good with where you are currently?
1: Uh, We've gotten pretty lucky with our our staff so far uh, in terms of finding them and having really good people on staff. We're always looking for more people. So I think trying to figure out how to keep that pipeline full is probably our biggest challenge.
2: Yep. Yep. To add to that, too, I think, you know, with our firm, when we started off, it was kind of like, let's see how it goes and be kind of lean. And as we've sort of gained confidence, I think, in growing you know, new clients, bringing in other accounting firms, and then also just taking clients that we have and turning them into something more, now we're sort of changing gears where we're like, we're not opposed to having extra staff where it's like, maybe today we don't need them, but they're not easy to find. It, you know, CPAs that are, that are really good and can talk to a client and that kind of stuff are hard to find. So if we come across one, we're going to hire them, then we're going to hope that you know maybe Tom finds some people for that guy to work on.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Tom's uh, Tom's out business training. So Lane, you are not alone with finding the the right people. That is uh, one of the most common discussions that goes on at conferences that I go to, which I usually go to, you know, 20 a year talking with CPA. So that is a topic that's out there. So unfortunately, I don't think that's going away. I think I did hear that there may be an uptick in enrollment in accounting degrees. Uh, hopefully that'll help as as we go forward but also people do start in public and often uh try something else at some point so so we'll see where that goes
1: i'm just going back i mean two of our people came from private industry actually so they were they came back to public accounting they were in public went to private and came back so
0: okay and well, I have, we're okay with
1: tracing that too.
0: No, no, that's that's not that's not a bad thing. So if I ever retire from Trimerid, I'll come and work with you guys. We, too, we got so. a spot for you. We'll <laughs> All right. I think if I ever retire from Trimerid, I'm retired. So unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not sure that'll happen. But uh, since we are going to touch base again in a year, assuming that you guys uh, enjoyed this enough to do it again, any topics, anything you identify for 2021? Obviously 2020 was a strange year. 2021 is going to be not our normal year, probably for quite a while as, as well. But, you know, is there things that you're identifying that uh, you're looking to touch on at least after tax season that we can discuss about the, how it went next year?
2: I think a couple things. I mean, one, we want to finish up our, so the business plan Tom and I made, we still have, but we've been trying to get one you know, with Tyler involved as well, so that it's really ours. So we want to kind of finish that. Uh, we started it tax season started, and like it's not really a great excuse to stop working on those kind of things. But the reality is, we're we're still kind of small, and like it's hard to find the time. So by the end of the year, that's, we'll probably have that done. And then I think to one one of the things that Tom and I talked about that we know we agree on, whether the business plan is not done yet, but we want to really focus on our, our internal culture. We want staff to really like working at our firm. I think the way that things are going during COVID, it probably feels like working anywhere. So I'd like to bring that in a little bit, make it a little more fun, do a little more, a few more outings, things like that. So that, that would look different next year compared to this year.
1: Yeah, our, our goal is to have like three or four like charity outings a year where we're going, like we're doing Feed My Starving Children in April. Like we found that they're taking people. So so we're going to do that like right after tax season. And we're looking for a couple other organizations to kind of sponsor. We're helping out with a, a food drive for uh, Easter meals uh, with the company in Roselle. So we're we're looking to try to figure out how we can um, help out the community and, and build the culture all at the same time.
0: Well, I think that's great. I think that's important. Again, that's a topic that comes up a lot is that culture within the firm, that work-life balance, that uh, uh, charitable work is a very important thing to to most firms out there these days, at least the firms that are, are transitioning from the old regime to the new regime, which uh, uh, looks like we've done here. So I want to thank you guys for being part of the show today. I, I really look forward to catching up next year, um, but over the years and, and see where you guys go. And I have uh high confidence that uh, uh, this is going to be a firm that's going to be around growing and, and thriving for quite a while. So I want to thank both of you for being here.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It's fun.
0: Yep. No problem. And I want to thank everybody else for joining us today. You can find all the links and show notes for today's episode, as well as more about Trimerit at theuniquecpa.com. Remember to subscribe and join us for our next episode where we will bring you another interesting guest and hear their stories and insights.
1: This has been a production of Twin
0: Flame Studios.